When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up? Welcome, everybody. This is the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. We are here on a Wednesday, March 2nd, a big day, and we are about to drop our own 100 on all you guys. Shout out Will Chamberlain. It's me. It's Brockman. It's Adam. It's TJ. What's up, fellas? Glad to be here. You know, I never scored 100 uh, like Will, but I did put in 20 points and 22 boards in an intramural championship game. We lost, but I still played pretty well. 20 points and tw- you kept your own stats in an intramural uh, oh, game? Yeah, we did keep stats. Yes, we did. Who kept the stats? You we, kept we, your own personal we had stats or it was literally a statistician? We didn't play. Intramural was a big deal in school. Was so. this person paid to keep stats? No, it was like a, I don't know, like a intern of the athletic department were you were you like low-key accusing him of paying this person to pad his stats yeah what, 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 what kind of weird what, that's a weird yeah, question that was, that was messed up he yeah. could have a little influence you never know no when you, you grab when that. you're when you're big dog in it with 22 rebounds i mean it is what it is <laughs> man but we lost because a dude named calvin who was a pittsburgh streetball legend had 56 and fouled Ooh. out three of my guys in the championship game and we lost by five points so, dang, yeah, fifty six in an intramural game. I scored forty <laughs> yeah, once, and it was just. Like, Let me tell you something. It, it felt was, like a lot. It, even though I was on the, the wrong side of it, it was an impressive thing to watch him break us down. For how, many, how, many, how many minutes was it? I can't remember what time. It was probably like two ten minute yeah, halves, or probably like or, the, the twenty minute running 20, time, yeah, probably 20, something, something like that. Like that yeah. yeah. Oh man, speaking of stats, guys, let me just read you some numbers real quick. I just want to read these to you because they're just so impressive to me. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, a win by 31. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists, a win by 16. I know TJ knows what those numbers mean. (laughs) Adam, do you know what they mean? It means number one on the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden. Number one on your program, number number one one in your hearts. Let's go. James Edward Harden Jr. Wow. (laughs) My God, TJ. TJ, how? Can you just, if you could bottle up and sell it, I know you would and you'd make a mint, right? You'd be like that Anna Delvey chick, just like yeah. selling, just like selling yourself and your image. I, w- I want to know why you're dressed like that. You look so poor. These broke bitches. Uh, can you just like encapsulate and describe for uh, me and Adam and our audience like what the last two Sixers games have been like for you? All right, let me encapsulate this for you. I don't know when the year was. It was 11, 12, 13, somewhere. The, uh, maybe 10, 9, I don't know. The process started. Right. The process was an unmitigated failure. It was a failure. We were supposed to get the number one pick like five years in a row. We ended up getting it twice. We got Joel Embiid, who then missed two years. And then we were supposed to get the year Andrew Wiggins was first. We didn't get it. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to get it. The, we did get Ben Simmons that year. And then, as I will always tell Brockman, we had the third pick in 
17-18, could have got uh, Jason Tatum, traded up for Mark Helfold. Jedi mind uh, trick by Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge just did us <laughs> dirty on that one because Jason— This is not the draft pick that you want. Tatum should be on the Sixers, but and I, whatever, I'll still that still bothers me. But So saying that the, the process was a failure, it's hard for me to admit, but it was. It was a failure. We, you know, gave up basically six seasons of competitive basketball for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we got a team going when it was, you know, we had the, the Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Simmons, and Beejer, and that was a good team, you know. And then, we, you know, we lost the Kawhi and the uh, Raptors on that incredible shot, and that's the year the Sixers could have possibly won a title. And so after all that, now looking at this team now, the way it's constructed, you're asking me how I feel. It, it's only two games, but watching those two games – I get a sense of like joy for one. And then I get a sense of, wow, like there's something really big going on with these two right now. And I'm not willing to say it's like Kobe and Shaq or anything. Maybe Oscar Robertson and Lou Alcindor as Ooh. Oscar came oh, wow. as an older player to the Bucks to help this young big man. That's probably like the closest thing that I, I could put the two. You had Oscar Robertson was already a star on his own before so it, it's it's interesting, man, and, and watching Maxi develop and ball out. James Harden is just going to make every person on this team better. And the one thing, Adam, that is going on now that's never happened before, James Harden, save for like his first three years in Oklahoma City, doesn't have to be the number one option. So imagine now a number two option, James Harden. Like a one, know, a, like a one B, a one A, but yeah, it's still hard. I mean, Embiid's still number one. Like, and but, just the roles are so obvious. It's like you have the inside guy with with Embiid and the outside guy with Harden, and, mm-hmm. and they, you could you could tell on their first two games with the pick and rolls, it was going so yeah. smooth. It's like they've played together for the last you know five six years, and they have great chemistry off the court. Also, did you guys see their press conferences? Like they're just laughing mm-hmm. with each other, joking. Like you could tell that they were probably were friends before all this happened. And now they're even closer. So yeah. the chemistry is definitely there. I love where this team is going, TJ. You have to be excited. Very. This is this is ins- insane. <laughs> a right couple now. of moments have stuck out for me uh, over the last couple of days watching this. Right, uh, there was the moment after the first game. Maybe it was after the first game where Embiid was talking uh, post game to mm-hmm. the local Philly, and he just said, "I've never been this open my entire life." Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's just like. He knows that he is going to get open shots and open looks and open lanes. I, I mean, I haven't seen him dunk this much, like on fast breaks and rolling to the basket in his whole career. And I thought that was one big moment for me. And then just like the silliness of, did you see the clip that Harden before the game, he like was tr- trying to sit on the and bench he fell. and he <laughs> fell <laughs> and everyone was like laughing and having a good time and kind of just like, ah, that was amazing. And they helped him out. Like, I don't think that would have happened on any other team that Harden has been on recently where they would just kind of like play that off and Mm -hmm. it would be such a fun kind of viral moment and he would laugh at it. Maybe since that side side eye gif that he had that went (laughs) went viral. It's just he seems like he's happy. He seems like he's having a great time. He wants to be there. I think the, the key word that you used, Adam, was chemistry. Like, it feels like these guys have been playing together for years. Mm-hmm. Just the way the pick and roll is working. Harden's pick and pops. I mean, Maxi TJ, that's been another huge thing that's come out of this. Yes. Maxi's numbers the last two games, like you could just argue that they now have a big three with Maxi taking over that third spot, that third scoring role that maybe you thought 
Tobias Harris was going to fill mm-hmm. when you signed him to that big deal. But which he did. He and he has been. But the last few days, you're right. But now, but now you can see that Tobias Harris as your number four option. Oh my gosh, teams would kill to have him as their number two. two right? And he's the fourth guy now on this dynamic offense. I mean, they've put up just massive scoring numbers the last few games. And they, you know, they've been they, you know, they beat Minnesota by thirty-one, two hundred fifty-five points the last two games, yeah, and they beat the Knicks by sixteen. I mean, Adam, are we looking at the possible one seed in the East right now? Absolutely, the way they're playing, uh, they can definitely go ahead of the Heat and the Bulls. Man, I, I before last couple of weeks, I said that I thought Brooklyn was the favorite, but the way Philadelphia's played in these last two games, I don't want to jump the gun, but. They might be my new favorite to come out of the East. Yeah, Just, I mean, they're so well-rounded and then, you know, maybe, Yeah, yeah, they're so well-rounded. And look, we do want to put it in a little bit of perspective, right? They beat the Knicks. They play the Knicks again tonight on Wednesday. And they play the Timberwolves. Which are and they play the Timberwolves. Team, but... The Timberwolves, good team, high-octane offense, a lot of young, explosivity, and they're going to be a playoff team. But it's not like they've gone against Milwaukee and they haven't played. Yeah. You know what I mean? They haven't played the, the top echelon, echelon teams. Yeah. But what they've done through two games, TJ, is really impressive. I mean, I know you're a little bit biased, but are you ready to put them as the one seed in the East? Well, I mean, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 33 and 29, so they're uh, you know they're, they're not exactly like a doormat. They've been playing well. I can see your point about the Knicks, though, right? Yeah. But um, I don't, you know, I, I'm trying not to get my expectations too high. <laughs> you're trying to stay a little even keel. Trying to stay it? even keel because, like I said, <laughs> it's 24 games, right? So now they've got 22 games left. 22 right. games right. to get it right, get it together, gel, and and get ready for a playoff run. I, I, well, guys, TJ, I, TJ, I don't know, but I have a question for you, TJ. Mm-hmm. So you being a Clippers fan and a Sixers fan, you've had a lot of experience with Doc Rivers. Yeah. Does Doc Rivers coaching this team in the playoffs concern you that's, in terms of potentially having like another meltdown? Yeah, because he, you've seen it in the past of multiple times with his teams yeah. where they've melted down in the playoffs. Up 3-1. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, I, you know, being a Clipper fan and a Sixer fan, like I'm on both Twitters. Sixers Twitter is one of the most toxic places on earth. I try not to spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, Clippers Twitter is basically like them trying to uh, – Let's see how I say it. They're, they're basically trying to put down Doc Rivers. And, and it's just kind of annoying as a as a Clipper fan to see mm-hmm. like Clipper fans crabbing on. Because guess what? Doc Rivers wasn't the one on the court that let Josh Smith hit seven three-pointers. You know, uh, Doc Rivers wasn't the one that, you know, snapped Chris Paul's finger or, you know, or pulled his hamstring. There, so there were definitely situations that were and things that happened that were out of his control. Yeah, were there some bad coaching moments? You know, yes, there definitely were. But there were, you know, injuries and things of that nature. And the, the player's not playing that well. So am I worried? I, I'd have to say this. I haven't seen it with the Sixers yet, right? So I, I'm going to say no, I'm not worried about Doc Rivers' um, anything negative right now. No, it's it's not really a concern to me, but I'm sure like if we go on Sixers Twitter, someone who's, you know, smarter than me or maybe more angry than me would definitely have a difference of opinion. Because you have to you have to believe that if there is another meltdown by the Sixers and they don't make it past say like maybe like the second round, yeah, that people might be calling for the head of Doc Rivers. Maybe he's not the right guy to lead this team going forward. I mean that's all yet to be seen, but that could be a potential yeah, it could be. It could be. But situation. I mean, we'll have to see. And also like again you have to give Doc more than, let's just say there, that does happen. 
No, you're right, Adam. I'm, I was about to say something. A first round exit would be devastating. You know, I'm saying even if they lose in the second round, second I, round, they have to get to. I would think at least the conference championship. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. For no one to. Yeah. You know, raise an eyebrow. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I, and we I talked about so. how look, you know, it's been it's only been two games. They played Minnesota, you know, good team. They played the Knicks, smoked them. They should beat the Knicks uh, tonight, Wednesday. But mm-hmm. then we're gonna find out really how good the chemistry is and how good this team is, whether it's. You know, still the honeymoon phrase have I seen people use on Twitter. Oh, everything's happy now, but just wait till they have to play a tough team. We're going to find out. I mean, they play Cleveland on Friday. They're at Miami on Saturday. So that's a pretty tough back-to-back. Yeah. Then they have a few days off, and then they play Brooklyn. Orlando should be an easy win. But then Denver, Cleveland, Dallas, Toronto, Miami. Those are playoff teams right in a row. We're, they got a good stretch of games against Playoff teams against teams they could see in the Eastern Conference playoffs: Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn coming up. So we're going to see just how good, mm-hmm. how good they really are, and uh, you know if they're really ready for prime time coming up here real soon. Bot- bottom line is sorry. The bottom line is, as always, it's going to come down to health. If Joel Embiid can stay healthy, if yeah, James Harden too. James Harden yeah, can James Harden stay too. healthy. They're going to be a tough team because they play defense. They got a lot of you know your Maxis, your Thibbles. You, you got those guys who are going to play defense. you got some shooters on the squad, too. So, I mean, it, it stunk losing Seth Curry. Um, yeah. But I, I feel as though a guy I'm looking, well, Korkmaz, I feel like could be the guy who could step up and hit a big three when necessary. So, like I said, there's a lot of good role players on that Philly team, and I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Just one last thing about Harden, too, before we move on. Um, is he, like whatever diet plan that he gets on, whatever cleanse that he's able to do, like whatever fasting situation that he throws together, can he just share that with the rest of us? Have we ever seen a guy go from, oh my God, he looks so fat, to five days later being like super svelte and then dropping triple doubles in NBA games like James Harden. Like he is incredible. I think it just might be a lot of champagne. That's just the diet. No food. (laughs) The champagne in the club. Was James Harden a high school wrestler and we didn't know about yeah, it? He, right. know, yeah. he knows about water retention and water weight. Is and he, he outside can, in just, the trash bag? He, like might running be, laps? he might be like Loudon Swain and Vision Crest waiting to, you know, wrestle shoot at 168, you know, just getting that weight and just sweating it off, you know. So who knows? Whatever he's doing, it's working. Hey, Beard, keep it up. All right. And like I said, guys, let's not forget the biggest thing about James Harden in Philly is what he's bringing to the city in terms of money, in terms mm-hmm. of raising the economy, in terms of boosting <laughs> the nightlife economy and the clothing optional clubs that he tends to frequent. Like I said, it's going to be a win-win for everybody. Yeah, Michael Rubin brought in more than just a, a player. He brought in somebody who's going to change Boost the economy, the yes. economy <laughs> of Philadelphia and make it a better city. Yes. You know how many people are now, young, are pro- the majority of them young women who are now going to be able to afford college because... Of James Harden being in the city, it's it's just a great thing. I the think. James Harden scholarship is in full effect, everybody. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. No doubt. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> All right. Speaking of amazing, unbelievable, jaw-dropping athletes. You just said it right there. Can we just talk about John Moran for a second? I mean, John, baby! Guys, what he's done, not only the last two games, right, where he's literally scored about 400 points in the last two games, <laughs> But just what he's done since he's entered the league and the way that he has just now become the face of that 2019 draft class, 
and taken this Memphis team from just like a team that you would never think twice about. You'd never tune in to watch on League Pass. If they're playing, they, like the Memphis Grizzlies literally have gotten flexed into the TNT Thursday mm-hmm. night this week against Boston now because of this guy. Like we were talking about it on the, the Big Eisen show this week, Zion versus Ja. We're now entering into that territory of Michael Jordan, Sam Bowie, just like ultimate, just like Kevin Durant, Greg Oden territory of Zion and Ja, which is so sad to think about. And I don't, I don't want to think about that for Zion because he's only 21 years old. I still think he can have an amazing NBA career. But this guy, can he be the NBA MVP this year, TJ? Like, can John Morant really be the MVP? I know... I know Embiid is the big favorite right now, but if if Ja gets the the Grizzlies to the two seed, like why is that out of the realm of possibility? Yeah, I mean, look, he's definitely in the conversation. So yeah, he could he be? Of course, he could be. He's twenty eight points per game. I tend to round up seven boards or seven assists. He he's exciting. He's a breath of fresh air. I just want to like jump into something that you said. I am no in no way willing to put Zion in the Greg Oden Sam. No, Bowie it's category. far too early. But just we because, were just like starting just to have the conversation. Yeah, but I'm saying you know, when Zion's like, on uh, the court, it's obvious that he's a super yes, duper star. Absolutely. It's just that he hasn't yes. played. But I'm not willing to put him in any type of bust or any of that conversation yet. It's going to be a long time. But Ja is just he's. He's kid friendly first and foremost, yeah. right? He's got the dreads flying and there's different colors. And mm-hmm. I always feel like smaller guys tend to become more fan favorites because they're a little more relatable. It's hard to relate to Shaq. Even though everybody loves Shaq, you can't relate to what it's like being seven foot and, you know, 320 pounds. You just can't. But Ja, who is, you know, he's a big dude compared to normal people, but a six three, you know, slimmer guy, he seems more relatable. And I think, you know, the more the NBA does to get his face out there and promote him as one as one of the next big stars, they have to do everything in their power. And I and I I'm gonna say this, but I don't every night. But I pray every night. I, I do pray every night, but I don't pray about Jaw. But I pray that just nothing. This guy just Jaw, please, well, man. You do. You pray. Don't uh, get yourself a driver. You know, oh, right, right, stay right, away right, from right. the the ladies if you can. I know that's a tough thing for you to do now, especially because your star is rising. But man, just keep on the path you're going right now, brother, because you you're on your way to to, to greatness, and the league needs people like you. And um, man, I just I hope he stays healthy. I hope he stays yeah, out of the absolutely, bad headlines. Absolutely. And I, you know, and you're right, Chris. It's like he's making the Grizzlies almost must see TV. Must right see now. TV. Like Adam, when you watch those highlights this week, the crazy dunk over Potal, the 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 play before the half, the full court Stephen Adams jumped up, shot. Like, who does he remind you of? Is there a comp for this kid? Like, what? A, can you just like put your thoughts to what we're watching with John Morant this year? Yeah, when I'm watching John Morant this year, I'm seeing flashbacks to 2011 Derrick Rose. I was in Chicago yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That was the year he won MVP. He was about the same age that Ja is right now, about 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was his third year in the league. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of similarities, explosive athletes like we've never really seen before, uh, leading an um, upstart young team. Uh, so I, that's absolutely the comparison I see. Uh, I think Ja is actually slightly a better passer than, than Rose was in his prime. And... Um, I'm just praying, like you said, that Jaw stays healthy because yeah. the way he plays is so explosive. Yeah. 
we've seen it with people like Westbrook who've been able to maintain their health. So that's, I just don't want another Derrick Rose situation with Ja because he really can be one of the faces of the league. Like this guy can be the number one guy on a championship level type team. And it, it has been amazing to watch because, you know, we're all big NBA fans. Uh, so, I, you know, I knew about Ja before this year, obviously. Yeah, I knew he course. was a really good player. But he's really taken the leap. People talk about the leap in sports, mm-hmm. and he has taken that leap this year. And so, absolutely, I think he can be MVP this year, especially with, with the way he's been playing. I know Memphis, it's going to be tough for them to probably get the number one seed. They're probably like six games out right now, so I don't think that will happen. Uh, so I don't think he'll be MVP, but I think he definitely um, you know, will be in the top three or four, and then he'll be a perennial MVP contender for the next Hopefully, Decade, hopefully, yeah, 10 years. Yeah, uh, so I want to talk about Golden State in a second, but the, the Grizzlies have basically caught the Warriors. Uh, they have the same number of wins. Golden State has one less loss. So they're 43 and 19. The Grizzlies yeah, are 43 and 20. 20. Uh, but they're six and a half and seven back, respectively. The Grizzlies are seven back of Phoenix. So it's going to be tough to catch them with 20 ish games, yeah. you know, kind of. An- another thing there. that I really like what Jaw's been doing is. Uh, you know, I think Memphis is a great basketball city. Yeah, I totally agree. And they've always had really loyal fans. They had good teams back in the day with, you know, with Zebo and, and Mike Conley and Slaughterhouse. And yeah. Yeah, uh, Mike Miller. And so I, th- I think that city appreciates good basketball. It's an underrated city to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so I think them getting shine now is an added bonus to the NBA. You're, you're putting a, a new spotlight on a city that I think genuinely cares about basketball on their team so it's fun to watch him elevate that city right now yeah that's a really good point could you and they've got some really good you know secondary players to compliment job they got good shooters obviously steven steven adams is someone you don't want to see in a dark alley late at night (laughs) um could they track down could you see them passing golden state here who has been really struggling lately they've only won two out of their last eight and could could memphis catch phoenix tj I, i i don't believe they can catch phoenix um Half a game behind the Warriors, that's a, a possibility. I don't Maybe see not them. catch. How about how about could if, they be number two? Like because obviously well, I was that's the say, next. If Phoenix and and Memphis play in the Western Finals, mm-hmm. could Memphis win a seven game series? Yeah. Anything once you get into that playoffs and yeah. you get you get a little rhythm and you get Uncle Mo Uncle Mo on your side's a big deal, yeah. right? You get that <laughs> momentum. Yeah, right. Anything can happen. So yeah. Um, it, this second half of basketball is going to be very exciting, man. It's going to be really, it's really It's just so good. crazy that, like, Adam, like you said, we're talking about Memphis's kind of must-see on League Pass. It's like, I just can't think about this enough. They flexed, I think they flexed out of a Laker game to go to... Well, that's understandable. They go to, to, to Grizzlies, Celtics on <laughs> TNT. Yeah, it's unreal. It's nuts. I mean, the Grizzlies and the Cavs, who would have thought... Yeah, those are your two surprise teams of the season, I think, without question. I love it. I love it. Okay, officially. Are you officially worried about Golden State? No, I think Golden State's going to be fine. Yeah. I still think They've they're gonna, I, I still think they're gonna win the West. I really do. You do? Yeah, absolutely. I've been saying that from the start. Yeah, it's like Adam, they don't need to, you know, they've been there and they've done that. They know how to mm-hmm. pace themselves. They know that they can give a game away here and there and it's not gonna worry them. I, I, Steph Curry's still playing? Yes, Steph he is. Confirm, okay, I'm, I'm not too worried confirm. about Golden mm-hmm. State. You still think they're going to win the West? Yeah, really? I mean, yeah, I think Clay, like I said before, he's rounding back into form. I think once he's in the playoffs, he's going to exert even more, and he's he's going to be a huge X factor. That guy is going to get so many open shots because of Steph. Then you have defense of Gary Payton uh, Jr., and then you have Weissman potentially coming back. I know like he's been gone all season, but 
if he comes back and another key is if Draymond's healthy. Draymond has not been healthy recently. Draymond has to be healthy. He has to be healthy. If if Draymond is healthy, then that team to me is the team to beat. I just think that their defense can be so good against Phoenix and they can lock them up. And I just have them with the best player in Steph Curry uh, winning the West. Well, okay, so let's just say it goes chalk. So in the second round, it's Phoenix against Utah and then Golden State plays Memphis. You just You would just take Phoenix and Golden State to move on? I like Utah a lot. Uh, I like Gobert. He's to me, he's arguably the best uh, defender in the league. But yeah, I, I think Phoenix and Golden State are are the two best teams. I like Memphis a lot. I still think they're another year or two away, though. They could win. I mean, I could be wrong, but if I had to give my best prediction, I think they're a year or two away. So yeah, I just see those two teams as the two best teams in the league. And to be honest, I think probably even though they don't have a better record. If it was the Grizzlies and the Jazz in a series, I would take the Jazz just because of the experience oh. in, the, in, the, in the two superstars in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I'd probably agree with you on that one. Yeah, even without Ingles, too. I mean, he's a, yeah. big, he's a big glue guy, good, kind of fills the stat sheet, good outside shooter, but obviously he's out for the rest of the season. But uh, interesting. So you guys aren't worried about Golden State at all. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, no. Nah. They're, what, what are we, I mean, worried about what that, exactly? I mean, yeah. just worried about them kind of finishing the season strong and then just kind of limping into the playoffs. They got off to such a hot start mm-hmm. this year. You know, Steph Curry was far and away our MVP picks. Yeah. So we could go back and watch uh, watch the tape. We were all like, you know, there's no stopping him. And, you know, he had that viral kind of pregame shooting workout, Go, you know, hit, hit the Internet the other day, which is amazingly impressive yeah. if you haven't seen it. But. I don't know. I just think there's just something off. They're really not playing defense. I guess that comes down to Clay didn't play, you know, against Minnesota this week, and Draymond is still out, and no real timetable for returning. But I don't yeah, know. It's, something it's, just looks off with them right now. Where I think Memphis could catch them, Utah might even catch them, and suddenly now they've got to go on the road for a seven-game series in the second round, and they could get, kind of get got. It's the dog days of the NBA right now. They they have championship experience. Um, I don't think this is going to affect them in the playoffs. Obviously, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good for them if they had to play Phoenix in the second round. If they were like the four seed and and Phoenix was the one seed, that's a tough second round matchup having to win at Phoenix. But no, I'm not worried about them. I think come the playoffs, they're going to be fine. Yeah. DJ, not worried. Not worried one bit. I mean, I mean, in the big scheme of things, I. I don't have enough rooting interest to really concern myself with the Warriors right now. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried because like I said, they've been there. They already know what it takes to win a championship. They'll pace themselves. They'll get themselves right. And I think they'll be ready for the playoffs without question. Lakers fans booed LeBron at home this week. Well, they they booed the whole team. They booed the whole team, but it was kind of after a, a turnover that LeBron had that the boo birds really came out. Uh, did that surprise you? And was it, you know, did you think it was justified? It doesn't surprise me at all. Lakers fans are spoiled. Lakers fans have had consistently winning teams the last 50 years, essentially. For, well, my, for minus, years. you know, when they went six years and yeah, didn't I mean, make the playoffs. But, and, but for you know. the last, like, 45, 50 years, they've been pretty much always a powerhouse team. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. And was it justified? I actually do think it was justified because if you're if you're paying, think about how much money people are paying for those seats at Staples Center. Thousands yeah, and thousands, thousands of dollars. Courtside, thousands. They're of dollars. spending all types of money on food and drinks and yeah. parking. 
they shouldn't expect such a bad product when they're when they're expecting a championship level team at the start of the season. I know you have to adjust your your viewpoints on how good the team is, but you absolutely have to have the right to to boo a team, even LeBron, when he's making sloppy plays and they're just playing bad, un, uninspired basketball. You absolutely have the right to to boo them. But LeBron's averaging twenty nine eight six steal and a half and a block. I mean, LeBron he's is having a great year doing his but... part. You know, I saw some, uh, something on one of the one of the talking uh, one of the talking yapper shows where it was like, you can't just having LeBron now isn't just enough. Like back in the day, you could just have LeBron and expect to be 500, expect to be a playoff team, expect to contend for, for a championship, and and now it's now it's not enough anymore. So like, what what do the Lakers need to do? Should he even want to stay in Los Angeles? Like. If you were Team LeBron James, what what would you want to do with your basketball you. future for the what you, you know what few years there are left? I'll of tell you it? what I would do. What would you do personally? Well, Chris, if I'm LeBron James, right? I've already established myself as a as a mogul. You know, mm-hmm. movies, TVs, you know, other products. He wants to be in Los Angeles. What better place maybe to go? would be to a team that's opening up a brand new stadium in Englewood <laughs> in 2024 and maybe join them. The house that LeBron built? Well, please stop it. The house that Stevie Ballmer built, the house that Kawhi <laughs> built. But, you know, I, that, that's a pipe dream, I guess. But I don't know what happens with LeBron. I, I, I can't see him leaving to go to Detroit. You know, I can't see him leaving to go to you know, Houston. So, yeah. and he obviously, you know, the, it came out something that we've been talking about for years now, him, the possibility of him playing with Bronny, right? That's going to be the thing. Is Bronny James going to be good enough to warrant a high draft pick? Yeah, first you round know? pick, um, lottery pick. Then it's like, what's LeBron's contract status? Does he, after this contract runs out, does he just sign a series of one-year deals? Just so if the opportunity does come to play with Bronny, He's ready and he can go where he wants. I'm assuming that's what he's going to do. He's not going to lock himself into a multi-year deal, I wouldn't think, right? Yeah, that doesn't give him an out to play yeah. with his son wherever he ends up going. I'm just, I don't know, I'm just curious. I mean, we talk about the Lakers a lot, but because they're an interesting team, that it, should, considering where their expectations were when the season started, yeah. which was NBA championship, yeah. they could possibly not even make the play-in tournament which is insane to think about. And now there's a report coming out on Wednesday that them and Russell Westbrook have, quote, mutual interest in finding him a new team for next year. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Worst signing of the year. Yeah, Yeah. obvious it wasn't a fit. We saw it from from day one that it it, it just wasn't going to work. And, you know, we just took LeBron's word at it that it was going to give it time, give it time. I can make it work. I can make anything work. And it was like, no, no, this just isn't a fit. What do you think the Lakers are going to do, Adam? I mean, LeBron has a limited number of years in his career left. He has a limited window. So I think if you're really trying to win with him, you kind of have to mortgage the future and potentially get fleeced on a Westbrook deal. Maybe get somebody like John Wall. You have to give up a bunch of picks. And you have to trust that that will work. You have to do deals next year in the offseason because LeBron at the most maybe has – what two to three years left maybe they have to win in the next couple years for him to win another championship you need to take advantage of anthony davis also because as he gets older he's already injury prone he's going to get even more injury prone he's still i think in his prime 
He's still a great player. You have two guys who you only have, I think, maybe like like a two-year window at the most to win another championship. So I think if you're Rob Palinka, you have to go all in, do whatever it takes, get rid of Westbrook, figure it out. Like, you have to figure this out. I don't think they will figure it out, though. I think they, they really screwed up, and I think it's too far gone at this point. But you never know. You never know what will happen. But... I mean, look, Westbrook could, signing really screwed them. They could somehow, like, you know, win the win the play in tourney and I be think an eight seed and as shock long as Phoenix. LeBron is there, they're gonna be in at least a play in tourney. Like, but that's not just, good. LeBron wants championships. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah not but I'm saying enough. like at, yeah. at least they're go, they're not right. uh, not going to make the playoffs is what right. I'm saying. Well, right, well right, if you know. you're if you're Rob Polinka, do you sacrifice? Your your draft picks for the next four or five years potentially to we, go all in. You you kind of have to because the problem is if you don't and the the team stinks next year, you're fired. Not, you're fired yeah. and they don't win a championship. So you well, kind of have to. We yeah. talked about that on the big show I think last week. I, I'm under the impression that the Lakers did go through a decade of just bad basketball with no playoffs and it's like do you want to go through that again? Right. You know it. So that that's a question. Like you said, that's for their front office. That's for their their brain trust, but it's like, do you want to mortgage your next decade to try to win in the next year or two? I, I mean, I don't know. But does John Wall even get them to championship level? I don't, I don't think, think so. That's by the way, John like, Wall is not the answer to any question that's yeah. going to get you over the hump. So no. I just don't see any anybody really that they could get that could really take them to the next level. That's what I'm trying to to think about. Like, who can well, they get? Well, the thing is, they are the Los Angeles Lakers. So anytime there's a free agent, they're always going to be in play. I don't know who's coming up free agent wise. I don't know salary cap numbers, but if there's a way for them to get a player, chances are they're going to end up getting. They they really messed up getting Carmelo and all these guys from 2010 that are that were Hall of Famers at the time, and you know they gave up the Carusos, the Kuzmas, KCP. Like those were the guys that really. Me- Brandon Ingram. Those guys made the difference. Yeah, but they weren't ready. So when they acquired LeBron. He want he wants to play with guys he's comfortable with and guys who he can trust in big moments and like at the time Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, Lonzo good. Caruso. Even though now a few years removed, they're much better NBA players. At the time, they weren't going to win a championship with that team. So yeah, you know, LeBron and Clutch felt like they needed to make a big move, acquiring Anthony Davis. Helped. They did want a bubble championship asterisk for me just because I'm a hater, but it's like they did get that title. And so you got to justify it by saying, look, that move paid off. But now I just, I just don't see what the fix is. If I had to bet, I'd say that Lakers do not win a championship with LeBron and eventually LeBron leaves to play with Bronny to another team. I just don't no see No matter them. where it is, whether it's like Oklahoma City or... Oh, Orlando yeah, he'll go wherever. wherever. Yeah, yeah, he'll just sign the minimum, whatever. It's not yeah, even about we already, money. we already know that yeah. he's going to go try to play with Bronny. So, yeah. And we know it's not going to be in L.A. Like, there's yeah. no way the Lakers are going to be able to get it. So, yeah, that's pretty I much I think four, four, four rings for LeBron. He doesn't make it to Jordan's level. And Jordan's the best. LeBron finishes with four, you think? Yeah. Over under a point five on. You know, I don't. Le- I don't. Honestly, I, I I'm so yeah. over the Michael LeBron. No, thing. we're not I, talking about that. I know, I'm, but just I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring this point. Guy. Trying to bring this point up. I don't yeah. care about that anymore. I, I haven't cared about that for five years. What I do care about is getting back to something we talked about last week with the NBA All 75 team, and I don't think enough has been made about the collection of talent that was there because there's a lot of guys who unfortunately in the next 25 years will not be here 
right? Yeah. Me and Brockman were talking yesterday. NBA 100, Michael Jordan's going to be how old, Chris? 82? Yeah, so Mike was 59, right. so he you know, he could be 84. Which 84? Is, which is about how old Bill Russell yeah. is now. So it, to me, it's like people always want to do, who's better, Mike or LeBron? I don't care about that. Here's what I care about. That that video of Michael. But I do care. You can okay. care. Oh. That video of Michael and LeBron hugging, that was so dope because guess what? We never got to see Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds in the same room together. We did get to see Willie Mays and Barry Bonds, which is as about as close as you're going to get to a Jordan and LeBron situation. But think about over time, we never got to see John Unitas meet Tom Brady. You know, we never got to see some of the biggest names, stars from the past meet their counterparts from today's game. So to me, going back and watching those videos, of all those guys interacting and hugging, that moment where you arguably have the two greatest basketball players of all time, and I'm not going to sit here and pit one against the other because I absolutely hate that. To me, that was special, man. And I feel like we should appreciate that moment because we're not going to get that moment again probably, man. So, you know, put all that who's better aside. Like those two collectively might be the mega powers. They might be Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. They might be the two greatest ever. And seeing them have that moment, that was amazing to me. And I'm going to take that away from the NBA 75. That was just beautiful to me. Listen, I, I love LeBron. I think he's an incredible player. But the LeBron stands do bother me, especially the younger ones who have never uh, seen. See, no, but would, listen, they never saw Jordan play in person. I've seen both players play in person. And the argument that I will always have against them is the six championships. And if LeBron gets to six, then they have a valid... But Adam, the championships can't always be used because Bill Wennington has three titles and Patrick Ewing no, has none. No, we're talking none. about like, the number one guys on each, on yeah, each team. But That's the, the difference. The difference, I, I don't know. I just, LeBron is the, the most talented basketball player I've ever seen. He might be the most talented, skill, but he's not skill, the best. There's skill set wise. And the thing you said, the LeBron stands. I hate that so much because people, it was always, there was always people who hated LeBron before these so-called LeBron stands came out. There's also like a huge group of people who are going to crap on LeBron. If LeBron scored 80 points tomorrow, they would sit there and go, we didn't have 81. He wasn't Kobe. It was like, you can say LeBron stands, but there's also LeBron haters. And they're equally as annoying to someone like me yeah. who just wants to watch basketball and hates all the, the eh, like, I whatever. LeBron is great, man. And, and don't, what I want to say is, to people out there watching, don't do what I did with Kobe. I spent all my time in L.A. not appreciating Kobe Bryant because yeah. I didn't like the Lakers. And I missed out on some really excellent basketball. Even though I did watch it, I didn't allow myself to enjoy it because I didn't like the Lakers. Yeah, I'm, so I'm with a... LeBron, I've made it a fact that even though I don't like the Lakers, I'm still appreciating because I love basketball and I'm seeing greatness. And guess what? We're not going to be able to see that greatness yeah, and, much longer. And it's funny man. you mention that because uh, about six weeks ago, Michael Smith was on from Brother another and uh, he said you know hopefully more people are watching the Lakers through the lens of the LeBron appreciation tour mm -hmm. and it's like it is year 19 what he's doing is 18. really incredible considering how many miles he had, has yeah. on his body I mean think about all the games he's played in the postseason he's that, had to have played the equivalent of 26 27 yeah, seasons at this it point it feels like it with the Olympics yeah. and the, the playoffs and he's still putting up incredible numbers. Eight straight finals. He's nine gonna be straight. he's gonna be the all time leading scorer in NBA history probably in the next few years. I don't think he's 
you know, the greatest of all time, but who cares? Like, what he does on, a, on every given night, it's not resulting in wins for the Lakers, but it is really incredible to watch. He still has incredible effort a majority of the mm-hmm. time. Some of the plays he makes, it's just amazing. He's really improved on his outside shooter. I think he leads the NBA in field goal attempts per game. Like, he's doing what he has to do. It's, it's not resulting in the wins because just how poorly constructed the team is, and he's had a hand in that, but whatever. It's it's just kind of fun to watch. It's kind of like Tom Brady. You don't like him, but, man, he's so old, and he's still so amazing. <laughs> and I just, you yeah, know. I'm not a LeBron hater at all. Like, like I appreciate greatness, and he's either number two or number three and on my greatest list is either him or Kareem. So I respect everything he's doing. I love watching him play. I yeah. think he's He's a basketball genius. Just the way he plays the game, he's got the mind of a basketball yeah, genius. That's, yeah, without question. Um, but, you know, we've, we've all seen those two guys, Jordan and LeBron, play. So, like what I'm saying with the LeBron stands are the people who never got to see Jordan play in his absolute prime. And they're just going off of, like, old YouTube videos or something like that. Like, yeah. there's a difference in seeing both players play live in the moment. And that's what I'm. All I'm saying is that there's just a different level between those two. I know you, you don't want to talk about it, but that's it's just something that that I think about in terms of his legacy. In terms of if he only has four rings, yeah. he just can't even be really to me in the discussion. With well, Jordan. then okay, then so then, and I know this is going to be pushed back. Bill Russell's got eleven rings, so. There's yeah, but he also had. There's a lot of yeah buts with these ring arguments, is what I'm saying. Like everything's like oh, yeah, sure. but oh, sure. it's, yeah, it's, but, yeah, but like, yeah, but era, it's, yeah, but this, yeah, yeah. but that. Oh uh, yeah, only... but there was only eight teams. You win the games when they're presented in front of you, right? right? I don't right. care if you've got to go through 20 teams or 10 teams. If you want, that's why these types won. of debates, you know, kind of will always will always exist, and we'll leave it there for this week. But Mike is the man. <laughs> Mike would have dunked over Bill Russell so many times. Let's be real. Well, yeah, shot blockers do have a tendency to get capped Let's on. Let's be real. That's for oh, sure. Bill Russell was also like 230 pounds. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for watching, listening, checking us out wherever appreciate you get your you. podcast. We appreciate you guys. That's it this week. Rich Eisen Show Basketball Podcast. We will see you next week. Enjoy the game. Peace. Bye time.